0: Hello there, the All-Ireland Hurling Series is upon us and the Football Championship enters the final stage of the Round Robin Series. The hurlers of Offaly and Carlow dance with the big boys. We look at both of their chances of an upset. Indeed, Carlow goalkeeper Brian Tracy will join us for a chat and former Offaly football manager, historian and author Paul Rouse joins us to look over the weekend's action and assess the new Championship structure. But first, on the show this week, we talk to an All-Star and All-Ireland winner who is involved in great days like this one. Yeah, Paul Rose and I are in studio. Um, I'm happily listening back to that clip and Paul is just shaking his head at me and we've got Ken Hogan on the line. Ken, it's great to have you with us and it must be great for you to hear little clips back to 89 from time to time as well.
1: I mean, it's so far back now. A lot of our younger listeners will won't even remember, but obviously, uh, great times, great memories, and I suppose that's what sport is all about—highs and lows—and you really enjoy the highs when when you get them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of highs, you know, both Offley and Carlo. Play an All Ireland uh, prelim quarter final this weekend, Ken. And I'm just wondering, right after the Joe McDonough Cup final, do Carlo come in on a high? Will awfully find it hard to get back? Uh,
1: without a doubt, I think Carlo going to come in on a, on a big high. I think it's, I think it's recognised now that the Joe McDonough competition has been a huge success, Damien. Um, hugely competitive, hard to win. I think for both teams, the stakes were very high in the Joe McDonough final. To win, obviously, uh, to get up uh, to the top tier in Liam McCartney, to lose, um, it's disappointing because you go back into the mix for the following year and awfully had a great campaign in the Joe McDonough. So, uh, both teams, uh, strange feelings going in next weekend. Carlo with nothing to lose. Awfully, obviously, disappointed from the Joe McDonough. Uh, defeat, you know, uh, any game that goes to extra time, one-point game, hugely disappointing for them a lot of progress made in Offaly so uh, contrasting uh, feelings really I'd say for both teams going in t- uh, tomorrow Damien
0: uh, Take offley so I mean we've got Paul in studio as well and, and he might have something to, uh, to ask you on that regard but I suppose the minor final last year the under 20 final this year and Joe McDonough Cup final they are making serious progress but there's been a bit of final heartache as well Ken uh, you've been involved in the club scene there how do you read offley's redevelopment?
1: Uh, Offaly's redevelopment, to me, has been uh, really a, a success story. Uh, things were very low. I think uh, huge work was undertaken to obviously develop the Faithful Fields, you know, in in the heart of Offley in Kilkormach. Uh That success uh, of 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 those pitches has borne fruition on the field, uh, particularly uh, at underage level. Um, huge strides have been made some of the top coaches that you know and I, I'm close to the Offley situation Damien you know have been involved with Kolderi Bursette Ryan is living near there going to all the games um, a lot of top thinking coaches I have met are offley men you know Brian Carley's coming through Eunan Martin of, of Bannehill Hughie Hannan with the 20s so there's a lot of homegrown talent there as well and from that perspective I feel that after are making great strides it's just obviously, to make that final step into Lee McCarthy. Some people would say they're not ready yet. Obviously, the young sprinkling of people are coming through. Others would say, uh, we need to get up there. We need to get back up there because it's, it's always going to be a struggle to win the Joe McDonough. Mm. Uh, disappointments, yes, you know, at, at final level. But to reach those finals is a huge achievement and to continue the progress, I think, uh, often you need to be playing at, at the top table, Damien.
2: I, I agree with every word that Kenneth, Kenneth said there and I break it down to, to different things in the first instance he's right about the Faithful Fields the Faithful Fields is transforming the fortunes of Offaly G.A. and it's the product of a lot of hard work from people in the county I was down there last Saturday the senior hurlers were training the under 14s 15s and 16s were there the uh, the miners have obviously been out and the 20s had been out from the previous weekend but there is a buzz and a sense of anticipation around the place and there was extreme disappointment after the Joe McDonough final but it took and it took a couple of uh, days and sessions before the team began to come back but the prospect of playing an All-Ireland quarter-final a few weeks on or an All-Ireland pre-quarter-final uh, a few weeks on against Tipperary is is a, something that's fantastic to look forward to. I, I have to say from that Joe McDonough final I thought Offley were played really well it was a really enjoyable match but I will be honest enough to say that I thought Carlo were were ahead of Offley on the day and and I thought they I thought I they deserve it. But I would take huge, huge faith and huge optimism and hope from the work that's been done underage. I mean it's enormous mm. what has to happen. And you can see Ken, just as regards in the two specific games of the
0: weekend, um take Offaly and Tip first of all. Uh, Tipperary have to bounce back themselves and it won't be it won't be easy for Offaly to withstand what you expect Tipperary will bring.
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously the added incentive of a local derby, whether we like it or not, where where (laughs) you're from, where I'm from, where I'm from, Ross Gray, everywhere, it's a local derby, so it's a big incentive. It would be a massive game actually to play in St. Brendan's Park in Bor, but obviously it's, uh, I think there's over seven and a half thousand tickets sold at this stage, which is great to see for a Saturday afternoon Mm. uh, preliminary quarter final. I think the carrot for Offaly is obviously to play their neighbours Tipperary to knock them off their perch. For Tip, it's a different scenario in the fact that obviously we went down disappointingly in the last round-robin group to Waterford. We didn't expect that in any manner or means and came within one point of not qualifying. But thankfully, we're there now. We're getting that opportunity. Um, Liam, obviously, has rejigged things. Yep. Massive comeback from Craig Morgan to to come back to play at corner back. We're, we're still not seeing Cahill Barrett. Mm. And of course, I suppose, Jamie Callan making his first championship start up front among the younger uh, guys means that he's obviously going for a, a, a blend of experience uh, and youth. But from our perspective, I suppose, I think, in my opinion, Tip are glad of that break. That break they got for that three weeks is important because it has been non-stop since the National League started. And as, you, as well you know, Damien, Tipperary really have invested a lot of work physically uh, on the training grounds preparing for the league and the championship.
0: I get you, Ken. And As regards the Carlo-Dublin game then, I'm listening to you talk about the Tipperary-Offley game, but Carlo-Dublin, do you think Carlo have a realistic chance of causing a shock here?
1: I think that's the big game for Carlo. Uh, Home match, uh, big following in Carlo. You saw the wonderful scenes after the Joe McDonough. I think uh, Tom Hillali, Kilkenny manager as well, uh, very grounded even after the game. He was very grounded. Uh, he spoke about, you know, it would be a miracle to be able to compete at McCarthy Cup level. You can take that with a grain of salt. Uh, this, for 50 minutes, is going to be a helter-skelter game. Uh, Carlo, fantastic forwards up front, obviously. You know, Chris Nolan, the Cavanas, and, of course, the catcher, the big That's catcher, Paddy Bowl and that full forward. So, And, of course, that massive pint from from Dennis Murphy, you know, t- to equalise the game, to bring it into extra time. So, Carlo have a have a great uh, blend of, of experience as well there. And I think in a home page, they are going to make it difficult for Dublin. But uh, Michael O'Donoghue is, is, is no flat. He'll know exactly uh, what's, what they're going to bring to the table. So I presume Dublin will, will be ready for that onslaught.
0: Ken Hogan, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we look forward to chatting to you soon again in the weeks ahead. That was Ken Hogan there, one of the, the greats of Tipperary Hurling. We switched to football now and former Offaly manager. In the football sense, Paul Rouse is with us. Paul, historian of course, the professor of UCD. Paul, just I wanted to bring you in to chat on a number of issues. Um, first of all, the championship structure this year, how do you feel that's going from a football sense?
2: I uh, I don't know, is, is the honest answer to say. And I think anybody who says that they know is preempting decisions. That are, You have to make decisions based in evidence. We haven't even finished the group stages of the first round, of the first iteration of this competition, I think maybe we should wait a little while. Mm. Like, there's no point in saying the championship has been good. It hasn't been good. Society doesn't wait for anything these days. No, but, and it's fair to say the championship has not been good so far. But to use the idea that the championship hasn't been good so far Mm. as the end word on a new championship structure structure Mm. seems to me to be mad. Mm. And, not alone do we need to leave it this year. It's like the calendar. You have to let these things play out for a couple of years to see what works and what doesn't work. Nobody, nobody thinks or nobody in their right mind thinks that you've reached a position here where everything is sorted. And that kind of,
0: I suppose, I suppose, makes my next question redundant. I was going to ask you about any suggested tweaks, but the GEA will give it two or three years to bid in and then they'll make tweaks. Is
2: there anything obvious sticking out straight away? Well, to me, the, well, I would do. I would do two things. I would entirely get rid of the pre-season competitions. They, they from the earlier year, they put a pressure at the bottom end, which means players are doing a lot of work and a lot of training in in, in December and January. Many of whom are also playing Sigerson Cup football and. Fitzgibbon Hurling the course as well at that same time there's a whole load then at the underage cares where there's people trying to play for schools teams and playing for under 20s and minors teams that also is seriously problematic in yeah. terms of structure I would actually change the league a little bit I would, I would move from four divisions to five divisions so that would take one round out and I would get rid of league finals so that's I think a league is a league I think if you win the league you should win the league Is As, there any
0: incentive then to win the league Paul because there, there wasn't really this
2: year to be honest about it I mean Well I think the incentive the incentive is to say that you're league champions and to win the league should there, sh, there should be a way to determine positionings in home advantage positionings and to build a kind of an advantage into it. But also to say that which competition you play in, whether it's Sam McGuire or Talchin Cup, is defined by the league.
0: As a footballer yourself, I was told you're a stylist. Uh, It was mostly you who told me that. But in terms of of the style of the current (laughs) modern game,
2: how do you feel football has evolved in 2023? Again, it's one of those conversations that... If you, it depends almost on the last game you looked at. So if the last game you looked at was a boring game in which every both teams had 14 behind the ball and were hitting on the counter, then it was shocking. But for example, I enjoyed Mayo Kerry. I mean, Kerry people obviously didn't enjoy it, but Mayo went after Kerry, played progressive football. And I enjoyed that. And I came away from that game thinking, you know what, Kelly football is not too bad. So it, it, it demands always that you take a stand back and say uh, that we look at the evidence. Mm. And the evidence of the past, by the way, is that Gaelic football was often a poor game as well. And by the way, there were also poor hurling matches as well, which we often tend to forget. And there still are poor hurling matches. So it's it's one of those things where evidence is mixed. and And I know it's probably one of those answers that, people want an individual to say yes football modern football is terrible you need to do this this and this or the championship structure is terrible we need to do this this and this maybe we should just just look at the evidence over a period of time Just to switch codes for a second you've just released the
0: book Sport in Modern Irish Life a fantastic concept I have to say and, and like I know you're a huge student of sporting history and hurling history as well. Donal Cusick on, on um, Hurling Nation this morning was making the point that he felt the GEA haven't, haven't grown the game of hurling enough in one, two, five years or, or whatever. Uh, he feels that it's the same counties that were always there and not enough has been done to, to help Westmeath Kerry, Carlow counties like that. What would your view of that be?
2: Well, you can take a very partial view of the past based on who wins All Ireland finals to construct any story that the GEA hasn't grown the game? You can do that if you want, and anybody who loves hurling would want hurling played everywhere. Mm-hmm. But anyone who loves any sport will want hurling played everywhere. And if the bar is winning All Irelands, then we have to be realistic and say that there are a whole load of counties who are not going to win a senior All Ireland. But that does not mean that hurling is not having does not is not being afforded some sort of status in in that county. Mm-hmm. So what is the evidence? Well, the evidence is when the GEA was founded, first of all, there was no hurling in Wexford. There was no hurling in Waterford. There was only a small bit of hurling in Kilkenny. There was hurling in North Tipperary. There was hurling in East Galway. There was very little hurling in Offaly, almost none. There was a little bit of hurling in North Kerry. And there was very little hurling in large swathes of Cork. So to say that the GEA has done nothing in 125 years or 150 years to promote hurling just is ahistorical. Or not enough, I'd say. Is what not, I'm well, not, well, not enough. Well, of course, it can never do enough. If that's what you really want, but to, but but if you want hurling to prosper, it has to be at the expense of another game. So, are we saying? Are we? Yes, I think it does. If you want hurling, what which county wins all Ireland where hurling hurling isn't the main sport? I can't think of one.
0: Yeah, it's a fair it's a fair point. Um Like I I, I still think though the likes of my own county in Tipperary or Cork or Galway like should be allowed challenge on a, on a dual level. The counties are big enough. The, the love of bow codes is big enough as well. One point I think Don Logan is, 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 is trying to make as well and he does make it. Uh, for the likes of Carlo Westmead, Kildare, Kerry who are trying to step up from Christy Ring, Joe McDonough, there should be kind of a leave them alone for a couple of years. Give them increased funding, give them increased coaching, give them increased revenue but don't relegate them immediately. Give them a chance to, to get used to that. F- football are, are, are taking
2: that tiered approach now. Uh, can you understand he's his viewpoint there Paul well i understand a, a viewpoint where you want hurling to prosper in Carlow. well he, he makes the, he uses offaly as an example but offaly was a county which was competing in all ireland finals in consecutive in, in the same year mm. when it had a population of not much more than 60,000 people so i understand what can be done and i do understand that, that that it's very that it that it is achievable but for it to be achievable requires a very particular set of circumstances And these are often very difficult to promote in different counties. And yes, every county could do with more coaches. In football as well, by the Mm -hmm. way, they could do with more funding, they could do with more support. But how do you measure success? And if the measure of success is the number of kids holding hurleys, well then, Pat Daly should take a bow yeah. for the introduction of, of goal games. and Cool the, camps. Look, look, we can we can talk about this any way we want, yeah. but more kids are carrying hurleys in Ireland now than have ever carried them before. And to me, that's a bigger bar of success than winning all Ireland. I'm in, I'm in the middle of
0: reading your book at the moment. And I suppose in the last two or three days alone, just from a personal experience, uh, I've seen, uh, a, a, you know, a child that we were coaching in Camogie for years catch a ball and pull it over the bar from about 30-40 yards and that was about No feeling like it Five years in the making and I'm not, I'm not joking we just turned around to the rest of the coaches and we just applauded you know, because of hard work and perseverance and then yesterday seen a a, a bunch of kids from the Wales the School and Ace win a Division 1 league hurling title and it brought me back to the, the chapter in your book about sports days your own sports days growing up and then contrast that to Morton Stadium in, in Santry and the actual buzz of hearing kids and the noise of kids playing and enjoying sport as an association, where is the GEA at in terms of the non-competitive versus uh, participation versus competitive under twelve?
2: Where do you stand on that? Well, well, first of all, I I, I identify with the celebration of of coaching a kid. Who's psyching a ball over a bar after five years? It may have taken ten with me, but I think the coach has <laughs> had a group hug. Um, Isn't it unbelievable to, to celebrate? But it's 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 you just feel great if you've helped a kid and I, So my perspective on this is really simple. I've taken a girls' football team in Dublin and Saint Oliver Plunkett's own Rua club from under six up to minor, uh, from six year olds up to up to minor. So it's twelve, thirteen years of a spin. And my perspective of this is from thirteen onwards. We tried to compete. We tried to win leagues. We had an A team and a B team. There was room for everybody. We tried to develop every player. We had fluidity between the A team and the B team. So I have girls now on the last year of minor playing with this team who spent three, four years on the B team, but being brought in and out with coaching. They were a proper coaching was put into the B team, just as in in an A team. But beneath 13, Mm. like the idea that we need to have competitions and cups and th- these, these blitzes in which there is an ultimate winner I just I just don't see the logic of it to me and, and I will say by the way at this stage we were fortunate enough to win a couple of leagues and a couple of championships mm. in, in Dublin and it is a great feeling and it is a great feeling and, and so did our B team win the leagues and, and that was a great feeling as well but nothing Nothing that does that. Nothing can be said to define the enjoyment of the last number of years in, in terms of cups and leagues. Yeah. It's it. That's not what it's about. And if that's what it's about, we're wasting our time.
0: And on that note, then with the introduction of the Talshian Cup last year from the the, the senior football uh, perspective, it worked great last year. How is that competition going this year? And who do you feel could win it? And is there a chance for them to be
2: a, a big player again in the Sam Maguire? I think the best team that I've seen who are in the Talchon Cup this year are Cavan. I think the team that was unluckiest in the league is Antrim. I think Antrim were very close to winning a lot of matches in Division 3 and they had a couple of disasters as well but I think that uh, there's enormous potential in Antrim so I give them a shout. I think Limerick footballers are are, are a serious team who are easily dismissed and and wrongly so. They have a bit to prove this year too after the managerial change. Yeah, uh, and and Meath, because by very virtue of tradition and because of what they have in the number of footballers there, will be there, I think, to some extent. But I do think Cavan are, Cavan, I think if you were to really call it, you would expect Cavan, you would expect Cavan to win. As for the competition itse- itself, tears of tiers of All-Ireland Championships are not going to fix Gaelic football in those counties which need much more than a supposed opportunity to win the Talchon there are 6-7 counties who cannot talk about winning the Talchon Cup What will it do for them though? Will it give them younger players chance to develop? It gives them more games it gives them more games during, during the early part of the summer in which to try out players and to get ready for next year's league to some extent but they can try out who they want if they don't have the coaching and they don't have the support and they don't have the SNC and and they don't have all the networks that are there for the stronger counties, then they're just going to continue to be stuck. Okay. Um, just before
0: we wrap up the chat, I want to ask you, um, before we talk about this weekend's games, in writing the book uh, Sport in Modern Irish Life, what prompted you to to put it all together? Because like the the, the range of topics is 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 so diverse, from uh, you know gambling issues to Father Tom Scully, it goes right across the board. Like uh, obviously totally unrelated, but it, it goes from I suppose A to C straight away. And what prompted you to write that book?
2: Well, I I've had an immense privilege to work for the Irish Examiner. For the last seven years, it's it's a week. I do a weekly column for the Irish Examiner, mm. and I love doing it. It's it's such a privilege and such a, it's such an honor. And so, and I, I, during lockdown, I I was I was sitting at home, and I just went back and I worked through all the columns that I'd written before, and I pulled little pieces out of it and wrote a whole lot of new stuff around it. And I, I'll be really honest, I did it for my own enjoyment, and to see would there be a book in it, and um we can i'm not i'm not well placed to say yeah, there is to, book to book say sure. say well yeah. but but all i all all i can say is i really really enjoyed doing it like it's 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 such a it, it is such a privilege to work for the examiner and to be to 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 get that opportunity and to get access to that world of sport from a different angle and it, it just felt like a natural step on from
0: it OK well congratulations with it it's well worth a look sport in modern Irish life Professor Paul Rose thanks very much for joining us on the Championship and I suppose to look ahead then to that Carlo Dublin All-Ireland preliminary hurling quarterfinal clash well we caught up with the Carlo goalkeeper Brian Tracy for a chat
2: and we're well into extra time at this stage and it's all over They've won the McDonough Cup for the second time in their history. It was an absolutely brilliant contest. Shame there had to be a loser, we always say. But Carlo are the winners. Full time score. Carlo 229. Offaly 131.
3: Our main goal at the start of the year was um, the Joe McDonough with like there was three competitions there, you had the CIO Cup and the National League, and we use that like we, we had a big panel there this year of thirty-six or seven players and we tried to get as much game time. Into those guys early on in the year and develop, like trying to develop a panel and and for the future of Carlo as well. You know that was that was the big the big thing. And then I suppose our, our main aim was to get everyone right for for the John McDonough, and thankfully it paid off.
0: From the county perspective. Is there good work happening behind the scenes, Brian? Like there's only maybe six senior clubs, maybe four yes, to six senior clubs. Yes, is, yes. There, is there much happening to lift that underage? You see participation levels all over the country are shooting up. Mm. Would you be hopeful that Carlo Herlin could benefit from that long term?
3: Uh, yeah, look, I think, look, the, the work going on in the background by you know, Carlo, on the board is is, is is excellent. And you see they have to put more guys on the ground, more GDA officers on the ground to get to the schools, the clubs. We have two new clubs uh, well, uh, one new club, Burn Rangers, which is a make up of um, um Kildavin, Kilbride, and um, Fighting Cox area. Okay. And they they're only recently started, but underage level, like they're up to, they have a junior adult team, but they're making they're making serious strides. They're making they're reaching A, a, a finals at underage level now, which is which wow. is brilliant. Wow. You know that's only that's only positive. And then you have Carlos Town Club, who. Are there a long time? the kind of just went back down. I suppose the town, the Carlow yeah. town area, was very much football orientated, with a road and a hand in it. Um, but a lot of them, um, a lot of, I suppose they've done a lot of work in there now, and even underage, you can see they're bringing it back now, and they're starting to reach underage finals as well. And you can see, like that's that's a huge issue, Carlow. It can only be good. For, it can yeah. only be good for Carlow. Yeah, because Carlow needs the town as well. Absolutely, we yeah. need we need everything. Bunch um As you said, in six clubs, yeah. so it's, it's, it can
0: only be possible. You've a huge match at the weekend, you're playing Dublin. How, how do you approach that? Because to many people, the, the gulf between Joe McDonald and Lee McCarthy is massive, but I think a lot of hurling people would really rate you as a, as a fine side as well. What's the mentality going into it, Brian? I mean, you can't just waste the hard work of the year anyway, I'm sure.
3: But Dublin, Dublin is a huge challenge for us, um, but... I suppose that we have like, we look in fairness to the management team they gave us the week off after the John McDonough it's great to have that three week gap and we enjoyed it, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, we did, we thoroughly enjoyed it and we celebrated it very well. We had to um, yeah, absolutely. And the last the last couple of weeks, and the last ten days or so we've kind of we've got back to training but you know, got everybody back, got the bodies moving again and look, don't get me wrong, it is it's it's a it's a big it is a step up from John McDonough to to, to Lee McCarty and Look, Dublin have never played John McDonnell. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've been there for the last few years. We went up and we came back down, back down in 19. We'll prep, we'll, we'll prep for it and, and try and put our best foot forward and, uh, and see where it takes us. Yeah.
0: What needs to be done to help you stay up when you get up? Like, not in terms of just car road, as as a GEA in general, because when, the, when there is a will to protect hurling and drive it on in a county, to see you get to a level and come back down with a yo-yo effect is not good for anybody. What more could be done to help you
3: stay up there? I um, oh look, it's, it's, that's that's the million dollar question, mm-hmm. I think, over the last since the joinathon has started. Um, bar... Westmead Westmead sustained it for a couple of years, they, and they came back down this year. sure have sustained it there for the last, they won it yeah, last year, yeah. stayed up this year. If you get if you're given if the GSA right if you get two years up there, you're gonna yeah. kind of have a free ride for the first year and some people aren't gonna be happy about that as well. So it's a six and one and a half dozen the other. It's very hard to know. Um, but look next year we'll be doing everything we can to to, to to get up there and put our best foot forward and look we know we're we'll probably gonna shift some heavy heavy beatings in it possibly, but we'll be, look, we'll aim for it and, and I suppose we'll be doing our best for Claremont to try and stay in Baleen for as long as
0: possible. Yeah, they certainly will. Brian Tracy there, and what a goalkeeper he is. That's it for the show this week, folks. Thanks to our producers, Gary Moore and Damien O'Mara. Dave Gibson was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler, mind yourselves, we'll chat again next week.